down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilders Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Hey, Twice God in the chat said, this is Dario, and I'm down to dunk. Andrew, when are you going to get Dario Saric to contribute <sighs> oh, to the boy. intro? That's a Make great him do it. The, you should have made him do it the first thing when hey, he landed. Hey, Dario. <laughs> Dario. It's a very... A, a niche Thunder podcast that needs you to say something real quick. You say, hey, everyone else has done it. Everyone else, <laughs> do you want to be a part of the team? Because everyone else has done it. Oh, I had a uh, the saddest prop bet ever with Joe Masato on Monday night. And it was, who plays more minutes? Trey Mann or Dario Saric? And they both <laughs> just sad. did not play. <laughs> So. Oh, you're talking about just for that game. <laughs> just for that game, yeah. So uh, did Trey? Did, Trey didn't play in a game when he went to the G League. He just he did. He played. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. He had like 24 points. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He played cool. that morning. So true. Uh, Trey Man is back with the blue again. So I, I think it's in an effort to increase his confidence, which has happened already once this year. Yeah, it's been a really weird year for Trey Man. Been a been a weird year. Some would say some would say bad. Some would say bad year for Trey Man. Some would say bad. We've we've had years like this though from other players in the past. Sure. Sometimes you just kind of kind of got to check out for a while. Don't get too up or down on a player. Yeah. Just be like, you know what? Give him time to figure it out. Maybe maybe next year he comes in and everything's looking good. Yeah. I mean, Poke. I'd basically given up on Poku last season. It's true. Street, and then yeah. he came back in his third se- Was that his third season? Is this his third season? Yeah, this and is he, year three. Yeah. He looked like a new man. So maybe the same will happen with Trey. A new man. A new Trey a new man. man. A Trey man. Yeah. A Pokemon and a Trey man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I'm in the same boat. I'm not ready to give up on him. However, the, comp- However. the competition level is big time and will be next year. And so he's... Has to yeah. actually be good in order to play next year. He, he does have to make his shots at some point. Yeah, and the, and he'll get a shot. Like he'll get a chance to do it. So I'm not, I'm not. This is not defining in any way. It's not encouraging, but I'm with you. Just like kind of table your Trey Man thoughts for a while. Let's just yeah, it's, let it's it definitely out. disappointing. You would like to see him out there because he's one of the more exciting Thunder players when he's when he's on. Yeah, but no uh, doubt. there's so many other guys on this team that bother me as much as it might on another team. Like yeah. if you if you were a team where he's like your young guy, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. how uh, I don't know. I guess BJ Boston. I'm trying to think of a team that has like one young guy. <laughs> <laughs> then it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. 
because it's like this is our one shot to get like a little lucky. Yeah. BJ Bummer. And the Thunder, it's just kind of like, oh, I hope it works out, but it's not going to kill us if he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially because we've got uh, three point contest snub Isaiah Joe on the team. Oh, my gosh. Talk about snubs. This, this is probably the biggest snubs of the All Star season because yeah. they snubbed the entire top 10. <laughs> I mean, there were multiple teams. I saw fans from East Coast to West Coast complaining about why their sharpshooter did not get in. Yeah. Whether it was KCP, Damian Lee, oh the Suns, uh, Luke Kennard, Nard Dog. <laughs> like, none of the top 10 in, in three-point percentage made it. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, the dunk contest... Oh. It's just like a bunch of two-way guys. No offense. And they put all the stars in the three-point contest now so that guys like Isaiah Joe can't even get in. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Everybody wants to be in the three-point contest. Nobody wants to be in the dunk contest. Man, That's I was... a problem, Andrew. Uh, the, the dunk contest contestants, uh, it, it just bums me out. To just now, I will say, it. Mac McClung... People are going to be surprised, Andrew, by Mac McClung. <laughs> sure, he does. He he does uh, have some nice dunks. Yeah, but uh, I can't. Once Shaden dropped out, it was like oh, that come was on. so lame. And the reason he dropped out too was like, come on, man, you guys to get are... ready for the second half. What are you talking about? That Please was, go dunk. That was the lamest. That's the lamest thing. I I now know he is not going to make it just because of that. Yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't have that dumb dog in him. I am all the way out on him now because wow. of that. All the way out. That's the that's the dumbest. That was just the dumbest thing. Like you're a, you're a rookie coming off the bench for the eleventh best team in the in the West. Like come on, bro. You're not like trying to compete for a title or anything. Like what is going on here? It was it was really annoying. And who won it last year, Andrew? The dunk contest, man. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't either. I was just bringing it up just to see if either of us remembered. Well, it just hasn't mattered in so long. The dunk contest yeah. just hasn't mattered in forever. I think it was uh, Anthony Simons. Well, it could have been two. Nope, it was Obi Toppin. Oh, Did not Obi remember Toppin that. won it, yeah. Yeah, it's been so long. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Zach Levine, the, those great. Dunk contest. We are now almost eight years removed. We're seven years removed. Yeah, that's sad. That's sad. Wow. The wow, uh, wow, wow. The, the judges are way more famous than the actual participants. Yeah. In the contest. <laughs> that is true. It's so sad. But hey, are are you gonna? You're going to Salt Lake. So are you gonna get to go to any of this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be at all of it. Really? Yeah. Are you going to go to the celebrity game? That's the, that's the one thing that I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do the celebrity game. I'll be at everything else, though. <clears throat> Talk about a snub. It's kind of amazing that even when they had a show on NBA TV, at least one of the No Dunks guys did not get into the celebrity game. When you look at who they have in those games, like those guys are, are big enough, relevant enough to NBA fans to for yes. one of them to make it. I agree. Skeets needed to be. In the uh, celebrity game, it's sad. Uh, the No Dunks guys are doing a live show in in Salt Lake that I will be oh, that's cool. attending on Friday night, so that will be fun. Um, but yeah, Saturday night's going to be 
the three point contest will be like the big one. Like Tatum and Damian Lillard are both in it. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, Dunk Tatum on- shooting thirty five percent. That'll be exciting. Uh, hey, I, okay, let's say okay, let's take Shay out of the equation. Take Shay out of the equation. Out of the equation. Who would you want to see in the three activities? So skills challenge, you can choose one third person for each one. Skills challenge, dunk contest, three point contest. Now you're probably gonna say Isaiah Joe for three point contest. Fine. Yeah. Who do you want to see in the skills competition? Who do I want to see in the skills competition? Um, I think there's a fun one. I think there's a fun one. I mean, I I think like Giddy is like the easy one, but I think I would take J Dub. I would take J Will. You take J Will. <laughs> J- yes, he could do it. You <laughs> he know could he could. Do, he could do it. He definitely could do it. For sure. And then because that that way it opens up J Dub for the dunk contest. Although yeah. I wonder if uh, Trey Mann, like obviously he's had some really nice dunks. I don't know if that would translate to a dunk contest, but <sighs> yeah, he does have some ops. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird dunk contest team, right? There's not a lot of uh, big time like highlight dunkers. Like J Dub will, he is like a great in game dunker because he dunks yeah. it really hard. But I don't know if he can get enough air to do like really cool stuff. So like it would probably have to be Trey or maybe Aaron Wiggins. Speaking of the lineup, the actual lineup for the dunk contest, this is a year where like Terrence Ferguson, if he was still on the team, could have potentially made the dunk contest. Yeah, for real. If he wanted to do it. Yeah. That's the thing, is like it's all about who wants to do it. And it's like, well, Jericho Sims <laughs> wants to do it. Let's get the third string center of the Knicks. Let's get a G- Mac McClung who just got signed to a two way. Just, just got signed to a two way. Um, Trey Murphy, that- Trey Murphy the third, which is not Trey Murphy the third. I talked. I've been kind of beating this drum for a while. He's Trey Murphy, or he is Kenneth Murphy the third. There are not oh, two. I didn't there, know that. There are not two other Trey Murphys. In his family, their name their name is Kenneth Murphy the Third. So if you want to call so him, it's his, it's his, nick- his middle name. No, Trey, it's, a nickname. Or is- it's a nickname because he's a three point shooter. Trey. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, just a nickname. So don't don't call him Trey Murphy the Third. That's incorrect. Um, and then KJ Martin. I think KJ Martin will be actually pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, he he's good. But. Th- and that's it. The other three. What, like, what do you think about uh, Jabari making the skills comp? It seems like a... It do you seems, think it's good developmental time for him? It feels like a sad joke, honestly. We'll see. Maybe he has something in store for us. Have we? I mean, we've all watched it. It just feels like a, it feels like a mean prank being pulled on him. Especially when you have... Like, Shingun would have been... Yeah, perfectly normal choice for the skills competition because yeah. they do they do have bigs now, and he would have yeah. been a fine. Oh choice. yeah, no, he would actually be an amazing choice for it. But instead, Getting to see him run that slalom, when he's, he's just like he's just there's just so much movement across his body when he's <laughs> running. It's uh, is weird, but yeah, like what? Why are they doing that? To I don't understand why they're doing that to Jabari. It feels mean. 
It feels mean. It does feel mean. I don't, you know, I'm not the biggest Jabari fan, and I personally like to see Houston suffer in in ways, but like that that just seems a, a bridge too far even for me. He must have agreed to I, it. It's been interesting watching uh, Rockets fans start to turn on him a little bit. <laughs> um, I was watching I know, a, a low-light package yesterday that some Rockets fan put up. A just, Rockets just fan about, made a low-light video I, of him? I think it was. It, it was his like misses from three. Because it the the thing that a lot of them are talking about right now, it's not just that he's not hitting his threes. It's just some of the misses are like... Yeah, it's worryingly really, bad. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, the shot, the shot is not good. Um, and they're and they're not, not like contested. You know, it's just getting the ball kicked out to him, wide open from three, and having just some weird misses. Yeah, it's, maybe it's a confidence thing. Well, I was actually messaging Sam Vecini about this last night. Um, yeah, just like curious his thoughts on like what. Like what percentage of this is a Rockets problem? Like the Rockets stink. Then what yeah. percentage is like Jabari? He, his thoughts are that it's a lot to do with just his age. Like he's just still so young. Yeah, um, he is. He's still only 19, youngest guy in the NBA. So he's another guy. Like you have to give him time. Like you can't bury the Jabari pick. But hey, speaking of young mm-hmm. he's gonna be 20 in may uh speaking of young we got a question from pepsi united mm-hmm. a quick oh, yeah. tq for wednesday has al changed his take at all on always taking younger players at the draft after j-dub experience versus bays and poku hmm. i know dub was a higher pick but he was projected to be in bays and poku's range yeah um so first off in my defense I, I was always a big Chet guy, and he was the oldest of those three. True, true. So it's, a, a you know, full year I, older than Jabari. Full year older. So if I was truly hardline, I would have I've wanted uh, Jabari. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more that there's a cutoff, and it's somewhere around 22. When I see 22-year-olds going in the lottery, that is when I start to get worried, yeah. just based on the history. Because even the older, quote-unquote, older guys who have succeeded in the lottery – have been 21 year olds like Dame. Uh, uh, there's a, a CJ McCollum. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Keegan Murray um, barely made the cut in this. Why one. was he like 21, 300 days or something? <laughs> Close, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only 22 year old in the I, first round this past year. Do you know who it was? There's only one what? There's only one 22 year old that went in the first round. Went the first round last year. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, who is it? Oh my gosh, Sen- I can't think. senior in the Big Twelve. Senior? Oh no, Abaji. Oh really? Mm-hmm. He was a senior. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, I wouldn't have taken him. Oh chai. Um. So, but but yeah, I will say that you know in the past J Dub probably wouldn't have been like a guy I would have zeroed in on. Yeah. Um. So maybe I am. Uh, lightening up a little bit. I've always felt fine with taking those guys in the late first round. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I probably have become less hardline over the years about age. Uh, I think about after, after pick eight, I think it starts to matter less. What? 
after after pick eight, to me, it kind after of matters. It matters a little less. You believe that is the official age cutoff line? That's it, right there. Pick eight. At eight, you're allowed to take uh, Marquise Chris. I remember he was an eighth pick. <laughs> take him for his upside. Do not take whoever was the good older player behind him. So in this current draft, it's a lot of super young guys. Like there's I not- know. I was looking like Brandon Miller is the oldest, and I still think he's going to be 20 on his draft day. He'll Maybe 20. he'll be 21. Yeah, he'll be 20. He'll be 20. Yeah, yeah. He's 20. And he's like the oldest. Day. Yeah. Yeah, he's the oldest. And then like you have to get to like Keegan Murray's brother, Chris, if you Chris. if you uh, to find a 22-year-old. He'll okay. probably be the only – he and Marcus Sesser from Houston yeah. – Will probably might be the only two twenty-two year olds taken. It sounds like this is almost a self-correcting problem because we're uh, getting fewer and fewer young guys going high. I will I will say I still would have never taken Chris Duarte. Like I don't want to take a guy who's it's too old. that old. He was way too old. That was there's a there's a difference between like, I mean he was twenty four, right? <laughs> uh, yes, he was twenty four on draft night. Yeah, I I will never move from that position. I will never want to draft a 24-year-old with a lottery pick. That is my promise to you. Yeah, that's a wild one, man. And he's not been very good this year. He's not. Yeah. Yeah, that area of the draft was pretty, pretty bad. You look at 10 through 14 of that draft, even 9 through 14. Davion Mitchell, Zaire Williams, James Booknight, Josh Primo, Chris Duarte, Moses Moody. And then, yeah, the Zaire Williams one in particular, because, you know, as we're starting to talk about when is Memphis going to push the button, mm-hmm. one of their issues is that, yeah, they have all these picks, but if they're not willing to trade Job Bean or Triple J, which I totally understand, yeah, like who of those remaining guys is getting other teams excited? Not, not Zaire, because I mean he's with the G League right now. He's with the Hustle. He played played here Wednesday more or Monday morning in against, Oklahoma City against Dre. Yeah. 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 Dre shut Uh, him down. I don't know if he did. I didn't watch one second of it. Um, Because the the reports were that they offered whatever they needed to offer picks-wise for OG, but that Toronto said, we want a young player, too. Yeah. I'm assuming at that point you'd be willing to give up Zaire, but clearly if that was the case, Toronto didn't want him. Yeah. No. I'm I'm just interested because they are drafting a type of guy that's kind of more specific to... Memphis. Yeah. Um, they're not drafting, you know, like how Cam Reddish, for some reason, there's always a team that wants to try Cam Reddish. Gosh. Like, we can I, figure I cannot Cam believe out. the Blazers are starting Cam Reddish. That's Hell yeah, dude. His insane. first game, which I was at. Whoa, uh, whoa, was, whoa. He, Breaking news. What? On the pod. This is, this is a catastrophe. The Thunder have assigned Aaron Wiggins to the blue. What? That's like. The, the, Why? Aaron, the Aaron Wiggins saga here in OKC continues to make no sense. <laughs> this is a new low. This is, I mean, with with Trey, it makes perfect sense, right? With Trey, it makes perfect sense. I don't like this. With Wiggins, it's like, wait, is it just to get him some run? I mean, I guess it's just it, to get him some run. Be. Because uh, he's legitimately been good (laughs) for 
for this team this year. He's shooting 40% from three. They should consider just playing him on the basketball team they have. I would agree. I mean, they, I, I, I didn't quite understand the Lindy Waters minutes the other night against the Pelicans. Okay, so let's talk about that. Real let's quick, talk though, I just that. want to look at uh, Aaron Wiggins's what he's doing these days. Um, is he going to be? Do you think? Because obviously, some some guy on this team is going to fall through the cracks, end up on another team, yeah. have a nice career. Definitely. Do you think Wiggins is more Lance Thomas? Where like, yeah, he gets another shot, but in retrospect, you realize you didn't really miss out on anything. Yeah. Or is he going to be a fill-in-the-blank player that I can't think of right now? Yeah, what player has gone on? Not, like, not necessarily left the Thunder. It could be any team. Yeah. Um, I think he's fill-in-the-blank. I think he's good. Okay, Alex Caruso. Sure, Caruso. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, he's Caruso. Yeah. Wow. I think he's High good. praise. What else does he have to do? What else does he have to do? This is this sounds like me talking to you about Isaiah Joe. Yeah, what it does. What does he have to do, Andy? <laughs> he's I don't I mean it's it's a little weird to me. You know, shooting yeah, so, shooting 40% from 3, playing good defense, closing lineups. Like he's he's in the closing lineup a lot. When they go offense defense, they they go to him, you know. He's been a positive when he's been on the court. Yeah. That's 2.2. Yeah. Cleaning glass. That's a weird one to me. That's a weird one to me, dog. That's very strange. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Lindy because uh, there was a conversation, I thought interesting conversation on the Discord after the game. Yeah. And uh, Justin on Discord brought up the question of uh, what is this team doing? Like, why, why are they not choosing a direction? Because this is something that would have bothered us. Mm-hmm. And maybe it does, because we haven't talked about it. Would have bothered us a lot, like, last year. Because mm-hmm. the thing, if, if you had told us at the beginning of this year, the Thunder are going to end up with, like, the 11th pick, mm-hmm. 12th pick, where they don't even, they don't make the play-in, but mm-hmm. they are, like, the first or second team out of the plan. Uh-huh. We would have said that's the absolute worst scenario for a final spot. Yeah, it's not great. Wouldn't we? Yeah. And you watch a game like the Lakers, and it's like, oh, okay, this team's trying to win. This mm-hmm. team is going all out. Maybe this is the start of something new. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're really going all out. On the flip side, you haven't seen them like fully commit to being bad necessarily. And I'm not even saying sitting players, but like they played J Dub and Shea 39 minutes in that game against the Pelicans. Yep. They tried to but win. But at the yeah. at the same time, they're also throwing out lineups like we saw at the beginning of the second quarter, <sighs> where it's Giddy, Isaiah Joe, Lindy Waters, JRE, and Kenrich mm-hmm. that just got demolished arguably lost the game because it was i think it was an eight point lead when they came in and it ballooned to a 16 point lead Mm -hmm. and they were never really able to like fully get over that hump coming back from that and so they're like clearly still trying out things i I guess one do you agree with the statement that they haven't really picked a direction yet like they don't seem to be going all out because they're still experimenting they're still doing these weird lineups but they also don't seem to be 
trying to deliberately tank. Yeah. Even if that was like playing Shea 32 minutes a game. Like they're they're playing him 39 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the experimentation is going to stop even next year. It has to at some point. I mean, at some point it will. I don't think it stops next year though. That's what I'm saying. But so you think two-way players are going to get time next year? It's very possible. Yes. What, what, okay, I want to talk about that lineup in the second quarter because my initial reaction to that, and of course, Lindy, he only plays six minutes, so it's not like it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the context of that game, it kind of was because that was the lineup that did so poorly. Um, the question is, though, like, who is that development for? Like, who is that experimentation helping? Like, what is the point of that experimentation? Because I think for a lot of Thunder fans, they see someone like Lindy, who the team had the opportunity to move him to a, a, a full contract. Yeah. And they decided against it and gave it to Eugene. Mm-hmm. So they've already kind of told us what they think about Lindy, at least in comparison to Eugene. Mm-hmm. And yet they're still running him out there, albeit for only six minutes. And and that was kind of my initial reaction. I was like, why? what's the point of this? Like, At some point, you have to figure out you have, you must have learned something from all the data you've gathered over the year, and mm-hmm. maybe you start making decisions. Mm-hmm. But then I had this idea, Andrew, and I want to run it by you. Okay. See what you think. Okay. It. You often talk about how Josh Giddy mm-hmm. is kind of on track to be get a rookie max deal. Mm-hmm. You know, partly because of of where he was picked in the draft, partly because of the counting stats that he's put pick, put up. Like if you just look at his stats, good like the guys who do that. Tend to get max deals. Yeah, no doubt. That lineup, while set up to fail defensively, when you start thinking about it offensively, it's like, why shouldn't this work? Mm-hmm. Because you have Josh Giddy surrounded by four guys who are all shooting. The worst one is Lindy, who's shooting 37% from three this year. They're all shooters. If Josh Giddy is a lead ball handler, mm-hmm. as he was projected to be, coming out of the NBL, mm-hmm. shouldn't he be able to run a second unit with those guys? And so I almost wonder, are lineups like that a way of testing Giddy to see like, okay, what do we actually have here? Like, does Giddy need to be on the floor with a no- another ball handler every single time? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the on-off numbers with Shea, Giddy, and J-Dub, yeah. when it's just J-Dub and Giddy and Shea's off, they're right around zero in yeah. terms of their net rating. Yeah. But then when you take off that ball handler, so now it's just just giddy, it drops to like minus eight or minus nine. Right. So there's this huge drop off, and it seems like one thing we have learned, or at least is the case right now, he's only 20, is that for Giddy to be successful, he really does need another ball handler playmaker on the court with him. And that's kind of an interesting thing to find out. And so I'm starting to wonder, are those type of lineups a way to push giddy to try to see like can you make can you be successful in this type of lineup because i mean jerry's a good cutter kenrich is a good cutter all four of those guys can shoot like if he really is a a you know maestro Mm -hmm. the way we've talked about him why shouldn't that lineup be successful at least offensively i understand why it doesn't really work defensively yeah no i think i think it is i mean it's it is all just trying to gather data about all these guys that Pelicans team is just really well suited to deal with the Thunder, with the all the 
defensive wings that they've got too. Like that annoyingly was, well. That was a really tough matchup for the Thunder. So yes, I think that it sh- those lineups should be successful with Josh. And Josh had a weird start of that game. He didn't feel super engaged really up until like later in the third quarter. Um, it was just a weird game for him. And the whole team just felt not as engaged from the from the jump. So it was just a weird one. But yeah, I think I, I think like this process of like of gathering data on everybody is still going to you know continue next year. And that's why I say I think they're like the experimentation is gonna continue. Like you wanna figure out if you've got somebody, you know, anywhere. You know, the like guys like like Trey Mann who were drafted in the first round. Like maybe those guys don't work out. You know, if you if you didn't experiment a ton, like maybe you don't know that you have a player in Aaron Wiggins, you know. Um so yeah, I I I don't think that you're far off at all with that assessment. But I think that they've got to figure out they've got to figure out who they've got, like who's going to who's going to work out, who's not, what situations can you put guys in when this like this year either way you go is not bad. You know, being in the lottery again, not bad. Making the play in, not bad. Like, it's all... What about the in-between, though? I mean, they're still being in the lottery. I know, but... that Do you do you feel like that is the worst-case scenario? Where they're, I like, the 11th or 12th? I kind of just don't think there's a bad scenario. There's better scenarios, though. Yeah, there's better scenarios. Like, it'd be better if they made the playoffs, or it'd be better if they were in, like, the bottom six. Mm, so it sounds like it is the worst scenario. But even the worst, hmm. even the worst thing that can happen to them this year is not bad, because this draft is really—it's deep. There's a lot of really good players in this draft. So, like, I think you can get somebody good at 11, which is where they are today. I don't know all the all the guys that I like are now being mocked higher and higher. Who who are the guys you like? Well, like I was reading Jonathan Wasserman's. Mock draft. He had Grady Dick at six. He had yeah. uh, Jarris Walker at four. Yeah, the Jarris Walker at four thing was uh, that was that was a sh- that was a shock. Yeah, I I like both those guys a lot. Even like uh, that guy uh, Taylor Hendricks. He I think he had him at twelve. Yeah. What if the Thunder at thirteen, Andrew? <clears throat> they miss out on all these guys. Yeah. Well, I think they'll find somebody. I mean, last year I didn't. I mean they they got J Dub at twelve. You know, yeah. I just, uh, I, I, I do. I don't know. I would like some clarity the rest of the season. Well, <sighs> I, I don't think you're going to get it, man. I know, I know, I'm not. But I, it would just be easier to watch these games if I knew the team. If I knew the team wanted. Well, I think I think the biggest problem is that you got a taste of it against the Lakers. I know that that is the problem because that was the maybe the first game this season where I was like, oh my gosh, they are going all out for a win. I can just fully buy into this. Yeah, I don't have to worry about anything else. I am just watching a basketball team and I'm just hoping my team wins. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I they, think, and I think they win that game against the Pelicans if they don't go down 20. Like they, they just dug themselves. A and hole. why do they go down 20? They really stunk at the beginning of that game, man. Like with their starting lineup, they went down 10 to one. Yeah, they fought back. They fought back. Yeah, they fought back, but it was just bad. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, James Anderson says, when do we stop playing two-way players? I mean, I, th- I think eventually they will. But that's also a spot where the Thunder have found value. And so I don't know that you necessarily ever want them to just like stop trying to find guys, you know? Yeah, but- for me, it's not stopping. It's just like, for one, those guys have a cap. They can only play so many games yeah. regardless. I think it's like 50 to 55 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like at some point during the season, you would have kind of learned what you have from those spots and made a decision one way or the other, which they appeared to do with Eugene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you would focus, I mean, like Aaron Wiggins going down to the G League. Yeah. Some, something like that. Like, wh- why? I just don't, I, I, I don't get it. Because that, that yeah. is a guy who subs in and out for Lindy. It's possible that Wiggins is in and out of the rotation. And so it's possible that maybe tonight was going to be a game where he wasn't going to play. And it's the game before the All-Star break. And they just said, hey, you're not going to play. Would you want to go play for the Blue? You You wouldn't want to watch the Rockets game? I don't even care if I'm not playing. (laughs) I just want to watch the Rockets. Yeah. I, I mean... If the if the game goes anything like it did the other night against Houston and Oklahoma City, then like they're gonna be throwing out a lot of stuff tonight. <laughs> but they need to have their foot on the gas and just pummel this team from the jump like they did last time. And then just let it play out. Hey, Aaron Wiggins might play for both teams. I would guess that they're gonna do this the same thing where they're gonna recall him before later the game. in the day. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's here and they'll play um, See, I almost understand the experimentation more against a team like Houston because you might be able to get away with it. But just knowing what they did against the Lakers, it made me feel like, oh, they actually are interested in making the play-in. And the Pelicans would have been a prime game to do that because they're so close to you in the standings where they were. Uh, so that that's all. That's all. But whatever. I mean, we're talking about six minutes, so it's like, who cares? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not that fired up. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, and honestly, like if they if Isaiah Joe makes that shot at the end of the game, they tie it and they oh, win dude, in, if, they win in overtime. Then like we're not talking about it at all. Like it's just they shot they shot 27 percent from three. They shot nine of 33. Now to be fair, yeah, the Pelicans shot nine of 30. So yes, a lot of things went wrong for them to uh, yeah. lose that. Jeremiah game comes three. back and plays. He misses all of his shots. Yeah, you know, yeah, Jerry like the, was back. Yeah, there's just like these these little things here and there. Uh, the combo of Jerry and Jay Will shot <laughs> O of eight in that game. Yeah, it was brutal. And we, if, if one of them just makes one of their threes, then like we're not talking about it. Uh, okay, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, <laughs> Mark Spears wrote an article about Jabari Smith that has a little interesting thunder nugget in it. We'll talk about that right after this. What? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. This is uh, from Mark Spears uh, from Andscape. Just, it just makes me that's think. Where, uh, that's where uh, Eric Horn works now, I believe. Yes, this is true. Another little thunder connection there. Uh, so... This is I'll just I'll just read this to you. So Jabari Smith Jr. noticed that his son was crumbling emotionally. This is after not being taken second overall in the draft. Smith Jr.'s legs shook so hard it made the table jump in the NBA's draft green room at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. The elder Smith grabbed his son's leg and said some words of wisdom to calm him down and put it all quickly in perspective. So they called Chet Holmgren's name. And he lost it, Smith Jr. told Anscape. Leg went to shaken. I looked at him. He is almost in tears. And I forgot that he told me that OKC promised to draft him. So I got to keep my mouth closed about that. I talked to him. Well, hey, what are you doing? Straighten your face, man. You good. You good. You good. And you know the camera was right at the table. Uh, first of all, you're a millionaire. Second of all, I don't think that he understood the numbers of how many people in the world play basketball, blah, 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 blah. The Thunder promised to take him, 
is a very interesting phrase there. So it felt like he was going to the Magic at one, and then he go. According to Jabari Smith Sr., the Thunder promised to take yeah. him. Uh, very interesting. Very, very interesting there. I wonder if it was like conditional on uh, Chet being gone. Yeah, I don't if it's even that. If it's even true. Yeah. Because I had heard other things about how the, the Thunder and particularly some very specific people on the Thunder uh, wanted really like Paolo. Paolo. Yeah. So, um, uh, who knows? That, that, to me, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe that one. It's interesting, though. I would actually say, I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that that's true. Um, yeah. But that's a that's a weird one, and I wondered about that. I was actually talking to somebody at the game the other night at the Houston game, just talking about Jabari and how difficult of a year he's had, and just like wonder like mentally what that draft process did to him as a as a young nineteen year old, you know, because you go all the way up until the day of the draft, and it's being reported that it's going to go Jabari, Chet, Paolo all day long. Oh, oh, you totally under, I like hearing that reaction from Jabari. You totally understand it because I would have, I mean, in the lead up to that draft, I was not thinking, Oh, he's going to be the one who falls to three at all. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thought it was going to be Jabari, you know, Woj, who's like almost everything he says comes true. And he had reported all the way up until the draft. I mean, we saw it at the draft, at the down to dunk draft party. That's when like things started to actually shift. And you would have kind of heard rumblings of maybe Paolo goes one, and you know, but everybody thought it was going to be Jabari. And like, if if you're 19 years old and you think, yeah, I'm going, I'm going number one, and not only do you not go number one, you don't go number two, and then you go number three. And your situation changes drastically, you know. I don't think Jabari did. Jabari work out for the Rockets? I don't think he did. Uh, no, I don't think he did. There were a lot of players that did not want to work out for the Rockets, including Jabari. And so there's maybe part of that that makes you feel. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to a place that you haven't, I mean, this is obviously the biggest like moment of his life. Yeah. And if that moment ends with you going to a place that you've not really had any contact with and you're and you know instantly you're going to spend the next at least seven years of your life probably there. Yeah. That that would be that would definitely be a shock. You kind of wonder like how things would have worked out differently, even if like Sacramento had been three. Yeah. Because Sacramento is clearly in win now mode and it ended up working out perfect for them drafting Keegan Murray where they did, because he was kind of the most ready player of that, of that top group. I, yeah. I don't know if it would have been necessarily any better for Jabari if he had gone to Sacramento, like would they have given him the time to like, if he's shooting 30% for Sacramento, is he still getting nope. Nope. kind of minutes he's getting in nope. Houston? He's behind Trey Lyles now. Sorry, bro. He's behind Trey Lyles. Yeah, that's right. Trey Lyles has played really well. 
Yeah, uh, basketball card nerd says obviously there was some intel about Jabari going to that Chris Haynes did hear about it and made that tweet right before the Thunder pick. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I think that was just Haynes just taking a jump. I don't think it was intel. You think he was just guessing. I don't think it was intel based because there was a lot of intel about the Thunder and Chet Holmgren. A lot of intel. Yeah. About that, I don't. I do not think. That is the case, and I have a lot of reasons to believe that. Um, I don't think that was the case. I think Chris is very obviously great at his job, does great stuff. There are definitely times, even lately, that Chris will just throw stuff out there that he hears that is not true, um, and that was obviously one of them. You know, I I have many many reasons to believe that that is not not the case. That that he did that based on intel. I'm just hoping that a bunch of these guys in the, like the top ten turn out to be really good players. Like that we get like multiple all all stars out of this group because a thirty for thirty about the run up to this draft would be really interesting. It'd be really because I I still don't feel like I have clarity on what exactly happened with the magic and how close that decision really was. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was painted a certain way in the media in the run-up. It seemed like, oh, they're obviously taking Jabari. Um, so yeah. maybe that was just a media concoction, or or it was a deliberate smokescreen. But I would just love one day to learn more about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was a it was a strange one because like they didn't even have Paolo in for a, a workout. They just talked to him like over Zoom. The magic over Zoom. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's that's a weird draft overall. That adds to like the weirdness there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I am not a uh, a believer in that story. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing uh, looking back now, and the fact that the, the OKC Thunder have had this season with J Dub, yeah, is is really special because it does feel <laughs> it really like they does. just like happen to land the guy in that range who everyone kind of feels like, okay, this guy's solid. He's going to be in the league a long time. I mean, there's other guys in that range that people like. You know, Jeremy Sohan, like people like Jeremy Sohan. Jason Daniels got some minutes. Shaden Sharp has had some moments. Obviously, now I'm in the top six with like Matherin. But grabbing J-Dub in that late lottery and feeling so good about it, Mm -hmm. not even done with his rookie season. And arguably better about it because he keeps getting better. I mean, we haven't really talked about the Pelicans game yet, but the one bright spot from that game was just how much of a core piece J-Dub is. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. he's playing 39 minutes. He's putting up 22-7-4, two steals and a block, hitting two threes. Like He had the behind-the-back pass to Shane transition after that. That one play was just ridiculous. I, it was it happened like right in front of me where Giddy steals the ball and throws it to J Dub as he's falling out of bounds. Yeah. And then J Dub behind the back to Shea. It's just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was so some awesome. old school thunder that was, type of play. That was awesome. That was really, really cool. And yeah, I I said it Monday, but I do think that like there it, there's a non zero chance that J Dub is the secondary star on the Thunder. He could be. He's I got if, if his if his three ball is real and it is coming around, has come around significantly since the first couple months. Yeah. I I'm a believer, he, man. I'm a believer that he because 
because of the ball handling, the shot making, the way that he can get to his jumper, the finishing, and just like the the willingness to play literally whatever role you want him to. Yeah. I mean, there's really something to that. Yeah, he's shooting 39% in his last 16 games, which is nice. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, he's shooting 36% in his last 26 games. So it has it has definitely been trending up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love J-Dub. I love J-Dub, and that is outside of Shea, like truly taking the superstar leap realizing that you might have your number two in J-Dub, or even if he's the number three, that even makes you more excited. Yeah, like number if, three if to thinking, Yeah, Yeah, if J-Dub is the third best player on this team, that is incredible. And that's the most likely outcome, is that he's their third best guy. And that's why, that's why I can't get bummed out about this upcoming draft and draft positioning, because like, they've got a lot of really good guys already. Like I and I, even up even like two months ago, I was having a conversation with somebody that is close to the Thunder, and they're like, "Yeah, I think, yeah." It was me and Rumble were talking, and Rumble yeah. was like, "I think, I think that the the Thunder are good. I think that the the team is good, good to go." I was like, "Really? Yeah, I think I'd rather have another pick." And there's part of me that still feels that way, but I don't know. Uh, I was watching uh, the game. I just want to bring up real quick. Yeah, you know that you know they had the pregame prayer. Yes, and I could see in the background Rumble was also bowing his head, which I thought was very respectful. I did not realize that Bison would do that, but I did see Rumble praying along, which I did think was very good. It was very very nice. It was very respectful. Good very job. respectful. Good job, Rumble. It's um, a good Bison. Where where do you think Jada would go if we in a redraft in a in a twenty twenty two redraft? So, oh, baby. You want to do a redraft real quick on the fly? Yeah. So I think Paulo is still going one. Paulo probably still goes one. He's on a bit of a cold streak, but like the he size, is. the ball handling, the, the sh- I believe in the shot. I just, I think that you just have to believe in him. Um, so, guys that I think people are still like really excited about mm-hmm. or. Okay. So I think like Chet. Ivy, Matherin, yeah. probably still go ahead of him. So I think like Paolo won. I think Chet still would go two. I think that's probably correct. Who who would go three? Would you still go Jabari three if you're the Rockets, or would you like want a mulligan on that one already? Oh, if it was the exact teams. Oh wow. Yeah. So uh, let's say it's the exact teams. Like, do bro, do the do, do the Rockets already want a mulligan on this one? Honestly. Getting Keegan Murray, one, he's a little bit older, so it's kind of like bringing a vet in, yeah. which they really want vets. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. He might actually be like a, a pretty good culture fit. Yeah. like Kind of like what they needed at that time. Yeah. And could come in, and because he can hit the three, he could play next to Shangun. I mean, that's not going to be great defensively, but what oh, is? Oh, it's going to be bad. So I, I, I could see taking taking Keegan at three for okay. them. <laughs> okay. Four to the Kings. Now now, which direction do the Kings go? See, at, at that point, I, I'll still think the Kings would have taken Jabari Smith. Yeah. And you just try to develop him. 
Although, you know, J-Dub would be a really good fit. If you could... On the Kings. Yeah, he'd be awesome. Because I'm thinking about their lineup right now, and that's kind of like exactly what they could use. They could use another ball handler. Just a big wing ball handler. Yeah, that's right. So maybe he goes that high. Yeah. Especially if we're talking about these teams and how how these players would have fit on those teams. J-Dub would have been a really nice fit on the Kings. What about Matherin, though? Like, what if Matherin is coming off the bench for them? Yeah, so the thing about Matherin is that his... Did you see that stat where it's like, what percentage of their points do they get from free, free throws? throws. And Jimmy yeah. Butler is number one, and Shea is number two, and yeah. Matherin's like number four yeah, yeah. as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... It's impressive. Super impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could totally see them taking Matherin. I would put Matherin there just... I think just in like all fairness, I think having a guy like that off the bench would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and then five, the Pistons. Like totally it, understand if they would go Ivy again. Um, but I would, man, pro- I would he, go Jabari if I'm them at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of Ivy. Because you just like the fit with Wiseman. I just love the fit with Wiseman and Duran mm-hmm. as a three big lineup. Do you th- would you play Jabari at the three? I play so him that at you the, could get those two other bigs on the court as well. well. I play Bagley at the three and play Jabari at the two. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know, when, beef when, stew four, Wiseman five, beef stew at point guard. Uh, when the when the <laughs> league is zigging, we always want to zag, right? When it's small ball, we go big ball, big balls. That's right. We're going big balls. Actually, maybe, maybe I would just take Walker Kessler at five for the Pistons. Honestly, <laughs> in retrospect, I mean, it would have worked out. You know what's crazy though? As we're going through these teams, you can see the fit with J Dub on every single team. I mean, that's the thing with him is like he fits with everybody. There's not a team where you're like, well, I'm not sure that they could really use J Dub. Like that's a- Portland. He would have been. He'd be. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The the Portland the, the Blazers would probably be in the play in like today if they had him. Like the uh, I mean, obviously San Antonio would have worked. Washington, it's just like anything. Oh, it's just, other than yeah, Johnny Davis yeah, would have been great. Like just getting something instead of nothing. Now here's here's the big question: the eleventh pick. Yeah. Do you take J Dub uh, over Usman Jang, Andrew? Well, I've already I've already said that you, I'd rather J Dub be a part of the the Paul George trade. So you would rather him be 12th? So you would yeah. rather him be part of the Paul George trade than the uh, Shingun trade? Yeah, definitely. I don't really care. Really? Because I just, I just don't care about the Shingun trade. I just don't I'm, care. I'm telling it. you, though, that trade is going to get talked about more than the PG trade in that the PG trade is already seen as such a huge win for OKC that you're just like, you're just adding some extra, uh, what do people put on top of things? Uh, frosting sprinkles it's just extra frosting andrew it's a cherry on top you already won the trade whereas the shangun trade people are going to talk about that one and if j-dub was the comparison they wouldn't talk about it. here's the thing i actually don't think people are going to talk about the shangun trade because i just don't think it's going to matter in like three years andrew Andrew, you're in for a rude awakening i just don't think it's going to matter I just don't think Shangun can is going to be able to impact winning at a high enough level, and I think this Rockets team is like destined for garbage for a long time. So I just don't, I just don't think it's going to matter 
Like he's gonna put he's put up impressive stats. He can do some cool stuff defensively. He's an absolute mess. Fast and, forward two years, we're gonna be talking about it, Andrew. And I just spot. and I just don't I I just don't care that much about uh, it. James Anderson said we should have picked Trey Murphy anyways, not Shingun. Okay, I was thinking about this last night because yeah, one or whenever that game was Monday. Trey Murphy, he's so tall, Andrew. He's very tall. Gosh, he's very tall. That team has so much length. And and Josh Richardson like fits right into that. I was very impressed with him just showing up and being able to play against Shea. He was great. Shea. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, but here's how I'm coping with the Trey Murphy thing. And you feel free to use this. Okay. If they had drafted Trey Murphy, would they have taken J Dub, Andrew? Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? And maybe again, I think have... yes, just because like no, J-Dub's no, you not no, it has to be no. That's the only way I can cope is if you tell me no, they would have taken J Dub. <laughs> if you said they would have taken both of them, then I feel even worse. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they. Yeah, <sighs> if you could go back in time and just have Trey Murphy. And okay, not... but here's here's why that's yeah. in- sort of interesting is because he went 17, I believe, which means that you would have had to take him at the Shengun spot, which means yeah. that you wouldn't have made that trade for the two picks, which means you wouldn't have those two picks to move up and get two lottery picks at 11 and 12. So what if you had only gotten one, maybe they only take Jang, and then you don't get J-Dub. Well, there we go. I've coped. I've coped. Uh, I've I, coped. I, the question for me is... J Dub and Trey Murphy, or J Dub and Jang. I mean, I wasn't a huge Jing fan, so like that's an easy, it's an easy choice one. for me. It's an easy one. Um, we haven't really finished our redraft. <sighs> well, it's ha- because every team wants J Dub, Andrew. I think Jabari at five. I think if Matherin's gone, if you're the Pacers, you might want him over a guy like Shaden Sharp. Or Dyson Daniels or somebody like that. So I think he could go as high as six. He could go as high as three, but I think more reasonably, like I think six makes I sense. Think makes sense. Like because like Paulo, Chet, Keegan Murray, Matherin, Jabari. Like that's fine. Wow, Ivy is tumbling, Andrew. Ivy is tumbling in our redraft. The the shooting stuff is worrisome. Um, how know. old is Jaden Ivy? He He's not is... that old. He's not that old. 21. He just turned 21. Happy birthday, two days ago. Happy birthday. Yeah. He's shooting 33. No, that's fine. He's a rookie. Yeah, it's just like long term, like 41% from the field, 33% from three. I don't know. I would much rather have J-Dub, though, is, is all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, yeah, the, the, the takeaway from this whole conversation is that we love J-Dub, and we're so excited that he's on our team. He's very good. He's a very good player that can play multiple positions and that I think could end up being a secondary And he adds some secondary much needed athleticism to this team. Yeah. He's a dunker. He's down to dunk. He's down to dunk. And 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 he held the Crackle Note brand box that day. I gotta I gotta put that picture back out there in the universe again. You know who have extremely similar stats? Hmm. Uh Jaden Ivey rookie and uh Russell Westbrook rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Just pointing it out. I mean, that's good. That's really that's good. good. Hey, do you think do you think Russ is gonna get a team? I'm starting to get a little nervous. That this whole like <sighs> oh, now he's in Utah and, and thinking about stuff. I'm starting to worry that that means that there's no escape plan. Yeah, I don't I don't know. 
Char- uh, Chicago does have legitimate interests. They do. Okay. So, I don't know if I don't know if the Clippers do. Did you see that stat about uh, Chicago's big three? That you know they played two seasons together right now. Most of those guys have been healthy that entire time. They played a lot of minutes together. Is my mm-hmm. point. So mm-hmm. Vooch, DeRozan, and Levine. Yeah. They are in terms of plus minus. They are exactly zero. <laughs> That exactly feels, zero together. That feels right. It that, does feel right. That feels right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I, I think maybe he go Russ goes to Chicago, which is just I don't know. I mean Chicago's not Chicago's not doing anything anyways. Yeah, like slightly more shooting than the Lakers, but barely. Yeah, I mean I, I think they take the fewest threes. Yeah, they do. It's not, it's not a great fit. I don't think there is like, what fit is there that's a good fit for him? I still think the the Clippers fit is fine. I don't I don't understand why there's that much pushback on that. Yeah, I do too. I think they need somebody that can get to the hoop. He and can get to the hoop. I know he, he just he just hasn't been able to finish this year. Yeah, where what is his percentage at the rim this year? I I I don't know. I mean, whether I don't think this is necessarily his last season, but like this is the beginning of the end for Russ. I think he still has a lot of juice left, but can yeah, he's shooting fifty. Wait, no, he's in the twenty fourth percentile for combo guards, which is a little confusing because if he was classified as a point guard, he would be on the fifty second percentile. So it doesn't seem as bad. Sixty two percent zero to three feet. Yeah, but everywhere else, 29% short mid-range, 36% long mid-range, all mid-range, 32%, and he's shooting 29% for three. three. Yeah. It's not great. It's It's not not great. great. Yeah. He only 11 dunks in 52 games. That that might be the most surprising stat. Yeah. That's that's Okay, so Andrew, it's the day after Valentine's Day. Yep. The last game before the All-Star break. Yep. And the Thunder are at home playing the Houston Rockets. Now, this team has zigged when we've wanted them to zag every single time. <laughs> they had a chance to get to 500 again, and we're not able to do it. Last time they played, or two times ago when they played Houston, Ugh. we said before it was on a Wednesday, Woof. and we were feeling pretty confident at that time and they had one of their worst games of the season. Based on how they've been zigging and zagging, what is prediction for tonight? Uh, I think they win tonight. I think they win tonight. I just don't... They have now been doomed. (laughs) Probably so. 30-point blowout incoming. I think actually losing against the Pelicans increased the odds that this is going to be a win tonight. They got to go into the break with a, a little positive... A little positivity. Yeah. Yeah. What and about- you know what? Uh, I, we started off this conversation talking about, you know, are they, have they picked a direction or not yet? Yeah. Part of that is that none of these teams around them have picked a direction either. Like the Blazers, Dude, the Blazers get a big win against the Lakers at home that they really needed to start, you know, distancing themselves from the Lakers. And then they come out and lose to the Wizards last night. Not only lose, they lost by 25. 
Yeah, and it was the second night of a back-to-back, but still, it's at home. Who cares? Home. Second slept, night of a back-to-back, it's the bed. Wizards. It's the Wizards. You don't lose by 25 to the Wizards. And then, meanwhile, the Jazz, we thought, okay, they lost half of their rotation. This team is going to start turning down. And they're still out there competing every single night. They won again. Uh, so, I don't know... If we're ever going to learn, not just because of what OKC is doing, but because of the teams around them. I mean, Golden State lost again last night and are back yeah. to 500. Yeah. The only teams I feel good about are those top six in terms of like, yes, they will be. N- none of them are going to fall into no doubt. the plane or out of the plane. Yeah, no doubt. Um, after watching the Pelicans, it's hard to not put them there as well. I'm feeling much more positive about the Timberwolves. Like, I don't think they're going to fall out of the plane now. Yeah. I mean, so it really comes down to that starting at Golden State, Utah, Portland, OKC, LA. Yeah. All those teams except for LA are five and five in the last ten. Golden State, Utah, Blazers, Thunder. The uh, Lakers are it, four it makes, and six in the it last just ten. Makes us all the more painful. And the Lakers, for everything they did with their assets to back a bounty Andrew. And now what are they, one and two since that? Here's Since that big trade, we got to stop caring about the Lakers as an NBA community. Like we got to just, just like stop the amount of like time wasted listening to people talk about them is like getting so annoying. They're the th- they're thirteenth in the West. They're thirteenth in the West. We don't. They're two we don't, and a half behind the tenth, and that does that might not seem like oh wait, yeah we're two and a half behind the tenth. Yeah. That's a big deal when there's two. Te- oh, there's three you. teams ahead of you. They have to jump three teams. Is that baby? <laughs> Let me say that baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I I don't care about the Lakers anymore. I think they stink. I don't care what trades they made. I mean, the the Timberwolves were like, man, we'll do we'll do anything. Like we get a old caretaker point guard. Great, thank you. Please get D'Angelo Russell out of here. Like the Lakers yeah. are like, yeah, we'll take that guy as our point guard. There's, a, there's issues there. There's issues there. I don't think there were issues there when he played in LA. I know. It's weird. That's a weird one to me. I don't think D'Angelo Russell makes them any better. He's put up he put up nice counting stats in Minnesota, but I don't think he affects winning in a positive direction. I mean Yeah, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Rudy Gobert had like his best game of the season. It's not. It's not coincidental at all. Like it's gonna just like Mike Conley is like the most like whatever point guard, you know, in the NBA. At this point, you gotta give Mike a little credit. He had a nice career. He's had a very yes, he's had a very nice career. The thing that is good is that he does know how to play with Rudy and has had success playing next to Rudy. So that's helpful to him. That that just shows the commitment that they've made. To and that he had side like of it. the perfect game that they would need from him he, he, in that game against the Mavs that they won. Yeah. He was 12 3, nine assists, hit three threes, only took eight shots. Yeah. That's, that's what, perfect. That's Just what he'll be that. moving forward, which will be helpful, which is like. And a, when Cat comes back, it's very nice that you don't have another guy like D'Lo who's oh soaking gosh. up a lot of shots. Those can go to Cat. Maybe Cat will start shooting a bunch of threes again. He should. And they'll probably be fine. Yeah. They'll probably. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Those top eight, I think, are there. Golden State's got to get it together. I, I find it hard to believe that they'll fall out. It's going to be between the Thunder Blazers and Jazz for that tenth spot, and you could make an argument for any of those teams. The Lakers, I just think, are cooked. I think the bronze foot thing is bad. 
I think that team is bad. I don't believe in them at all. They're just so just whatever to me. But like the Laker the the Blazers, Thunder and Jazz are gonna continue to fight. A lot of the Jazz are probably most likely to fall out, and so it's really between the Thunder and Blazers, and I believe in the Thunder more than the Blazers today. Wow, so you're on you're still on team play in. If I'm picking who I think the 10th best team in the Western Conference is today, I think it's the Thunder. Okay, well, in that case, Andrew, tell me who is the ideal matchup in our play-in game between the Pelicans, Timberwolves, and Warriors. T-Wolves. Two of those are very tough matchups. T-Wolves. The Pelicans is maybe the one that I don't want the most. (laughs) And the Warriors is right there. The Warriors are second. In the they love not, destroying us, not wanting to play. The Pelicans are just uniquely built to defend the Thunder. They are. They've. I mean, just think of all the. I mean, Brandon Ingram isn't even thought of as like a great defender, but just the length that he brings, in addition to Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, and then you have Jose Alvarado. Maybe Jose Alvarado's guarding you first, and then you get by him, and oh my gosh, it's Herb Jones. Yeah, and then Jonas Valanciunas who. A lot of people don't think of as like an amazing defensive center. Yeah. When he's like the last line of defense and you've had to get through all those other guys, he mm-hmm. doesn't really have to do much at that point. Yeah. And it just kind of all works against the Thunder. Mm-hmm. And they are always nasty, nasty games. Which yeah. is what the game on Monday was. I think the Thunder could beat the Timberwolves in a in a playing game. So I'd rather have them. Ooh. Up. In the target center though, they were pretty hyped last year for their playing game. That would be quite the environment. For the young Thunder to go into, I think they could do it. I think they could do it. Wouldn't that be? I mean, that's just covering a a playing game would be amazing. Would you fly up? I would make the case and probably get denied. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely make the case though that I need to be there. It is disappointing that we're probably not going to have another bird night this yeah. year. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. That's disappointing. That was very fun. Next year, next year is going to be very, very interesting with regards to the entire standings for yeah, the for Thunder, sure. with the Rockets pick and the Clippers pick, uh, and potentially oh, a Utah man. pick next year. Um, We're going to be tracking a lot of teams. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a great year of podcasting on so many levels. Um, this year's been great too, but yeah. I think it's still possible Portland gets it together. I mean, this is Dame's best season. Like, highest scoring season, best effective field goal percentage of his career. Like, I still think that there's a chance that they, like, actually turn it around. That that loss to the Wizards, though, was so discouraging. That was so, so discouraging. Um, but Thunder actually also have to prove that they can get to 500. They haven't done that yet. They, it's been <laughs> just eluding them all year. I thought there was a really good chance to get there uh, on Monday night. Especially when you well, see all the guys that are sitting, you're like, okay, they got to do it tonight. Well, this is going to be their best chance because if they can beat Houston, their next game is at Utah, which is still a tough game. They got four games left against Utah. Four. Those are and, those are just crucial. Like, if you want to make the play in, you have to win all four of those. You have to go win all four of those. Like, prove that you're the better team. Go beat Utah four out of four times, and then I think I think if they can do that, I think they're in. I agree. So if they really because they could still lose to all the Phoenix games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Phoenix is good. Even, you know, I don't know when KD's actually going to come back, but, you know, that's that's interesting. But, yeah. No, I think I think the Thunder will reach 500. They just they just need to they need to take care of business. Sure day. They need to take care sure. of business against these teams. They just they have to. Um, so you're saying you want Mark to play the win now lineups, bringing it back around. I agree. <laughs> Let's go, Andrew. I feel Lakers, I feel bad for Lakers Lind- rotation. The 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 one thing I just kind of disagree with is just playing Lindy at all at this point because like. His contract expires. They didn't sign him to the standard contract. Like, does Lindy actually have a future on this team? You know what I was wondering? I was wondering if he actually has more of a future with the team, and that's why they left him on the two-way, because Eugene, they're expecting him to be gone next season, so they just gave him you know, the deal for the rest of the season. Two-way? And then Lindy will be back on a two-way next season? I mean, maybe so. I don't know. Because I, I can't imagine them using a roster spot on Eugene next year. No, I mean, I could more easily imagine it being used on Dario, although we haven't seen him play yet. But yeah, I don't think. Were you there when one everyone one. was interviewing Dario? No, it's hard for me to get to practice. It's usually like right in the middle of like oh. work day. Um, <sighs> but yeah, man, I I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see how the rest of this goes. Uh, I'm excited to see Shea in the All Star game. I'm excited to see where he gets picked before the game. That's going to be uh, very entertaining. Yeah, to, to see. That will be great. How that now, goes. Now, Jaw is in the starting lineup now, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. so so he will be picked before Shea, no matter what. No matter what. Because yeah, that, yeah. that would have been fun to see if uh, if a guy picked Shea over Jaw. I know. I know. I wish. I wish that honestly, like the starters weren't chosen that way. That it was just like every all of you guys are all stars. Now let's just choose teams in the first. Yeah, the first four picked for each team are the starters. I would like that. I'd like that a lot better. Maybe we're inching closer to something like that. Because honestly, like the all star starters, no one records that. Like when it's gets to the end of their careers, it's like, well, they started in this many games and they were backups in this many games. It's like no, like they just say like six time all star, you know. Um, okay, last question before we go. Who will be picked last, Andrew? Who's picked last? Who will be picked last? Uh, Sabonis? Sabonis is a candidate. It's got to be a big, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, it's usually Gobert. It's usually Gobert. Now that he's gone. Was Harden chosen last last year? Was that, was that right? Uh, or am I just imagining that? Oh, yeah, because... <laughs> Because KD went with Gobert yeah. instead of having to take yeah. Harden. Yeah, I don't think that, that happens again. I mean, obviously it can't happen again because Harden's not in it. But It's probably going to be Bam or Sabonis. Bam, Sabonis. Uh, James Randall. Anderson says Triple J. Triple J. What about Markkinen? Uh, isn't he a starter now? Oh, he is a starter now. That's right. So he gets immunity. From being immunity. picked last. It's kind of nice. That's the nice thing about being chosen as a starter is that you have immunity to being yes. picked last. It can only be so bad. He will be the last pick of the starters. Yes. I think I think Sabonis is probably picked last. I that's okay. Think. And that's okay. It's okay. Former Thunderman. But it'll <sighs> be that'll be so much fun. And then seeing the rising star challenge will be that'll be 
I'm very excited to watch those games. Yeah, we'll get to see Jabari with uh, Giddy and J-Dub, right? Yeah, it's a little alternate timeline where if Mark Spears of Anscaped, of, I just always, it makes me think of Manscaped. Um, it does sound like Manscaped. Um, if, if, you know, that, if that was true, maybe, he's, maybe he get to see, maybe his leg will stop trembling so much. Maybe that's why. Maybe his leg is still trembling. Maybe that's, that's what if what if he came out and just was drilling threes off of just crazy passes from Giddy? <laughs> he hits like ten threes in the game. Uh, I would. What would be the reaction of Rockets Twitter? Rockets Twitter would just 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 die. I think the anybody that's on Rockets Reddit, it'll just their computers will just burn, just burn away. That's what I'm hoping for. That'll be fun. Wouldn't they freak out? If they're like, oh my gosh. I mean, they know it. They know that they need a point guard. They need someone they're to They're also like... just trashing Jabari right now as a collective group, which if I'm if I'm a, a Rockets fan right now, all I'm just all I want to talk about is Jabari's age. That's all I want to talk about. Like, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm very good at coming up with ways to cope for other fan bases that yeah. I would not think of for my own team. Yeah. Listen, he's the youngest player in the league in, an, in a situation that's not ideal. Let's give him time. That's what I would yeah, say. You, just, you turn it on the organization. That's what the Rockets fans aren't doing well enough. Like, you just got to turn all this anger towards the organization. Yes, that's the problem. Like, they think they, they talk about Rafael Stone like he's Sam Presti. And it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Like, you can, it's okay to notice that there's not a, really great plan in place here yeah in terms of like who they're drafting how it's all fitting together yeah and that yeah it's okay to acknowledge that it's okay to acknowledge that they're not putting these players in the best best positions to win and that the thought of well we just need to get some vets in here you know this summer is like oh my gosh like do you guys not realize like you're going into year four here (laughs) like this is this is not this is not it like this is the if the thought if our conversation right now was about how the Thunder needed to get some vets in here. That is just an admission that this has been a failure up to this point. You know, and, and the that, fact and that, that they need to pivot. So I talked about how on Slam and Jam, like I'm interested to see how dangerous Houston is this summer. Yeah. Not a great early sign when the the vets they bring in through the trade deadline are like immediately getting bought out with Danny Green and Justin Holiday. Like those are Vets, like those are guys that have around the league been known as being like good vets. Yeah, especially Danny Green is like. And you would think they would have wanted those guys. And it sounds like at least to some extent they did want those guys to stay. And so now it's like all hinging on Frank Kaminsky. I was reading an article about Frank Kaminsky, how he's like, he's our one vet. We got to hold on to this guy. (laughs) Please no any team offer to give him six minutes a game because we need him. (laughs) Yeah. It's Frank. Okay, last thing before we go, Andrew. Okay. Last last thing. Last last thing. The Thunder appear to have lost another MVP because last night in the game against Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh Mike Muscala not only put up 18-8 but played 44 minutes. That that is the wildest part of it. That's Iron Man Mike Muscala. Hey. Played 44 minutes in a NBA game against one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And got it all the way to overtime. 
have we made a huge mistake, Andrew? Uh, if we're trying to get to the play-in, absolutely. Big mistake. Oh. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Mike Mike is obviously – he's always played well with Shea. He also got a tech in that game. Oh, that's if, beautiful. Uh, if you didn't, if you weren't watching, he dunked. Oh, he got the tech after he dunked a ball. It's beautiful. I'm so. I'm actually. I, I that made me the tears of joy. Honestly, tears of joy for Mike. He's he's already been balling. He has. I'm excited for, for him. him. I, I hope he gets to. I mean, I have a, a a rooting interest in the Eastern Conference now because of Mike. Yes. Yeah, I already thought that Boston was going to get to the finals again, but now that Mike is their second best player next to Jason yeah. Tatum, it's gonna it's gonna be great. I'm totally into that. Really special. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, that's big time. Honestly, big time. Feel we'll leave him in the intro. If they win the title, we'll just leave him in the intro forever. You can Photoshop a Celtics jersey on him. In the intro to make it more accurate. That's right. I'll just like NBA paint style color in his yeah. jersey. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. Uh, okay, thanks so much for joining us today. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. We are gonna have a, a Friday podcast for you guys from Salt Lake City. So uh, T- Taylor and I will likely be your your fry pod crew on on Friday from Salt Lake. So. Uh, We will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.